Hi everyone, my name is Diane Yu and I will be your host for this episode of From the Patient's Eyes podcast presented by Orange Grove Bio and the Autoimmune Registry. From the Patient's Eyes is a podcast created to give autoimmune patients a platform to share their stories and bring awareness to the unmet medical needs of the community. Thank you for tuning in today and enjoy the episode. Today, we're welcoming Emily Trauma, a college student suffering from celiac disease. Hi, Emily. Thank you so much for coming on to our show. And uh, would you please tell the audience a bit about yourself? Hi. Um, so yeah, I'm Emily. Thank you guys for having me. Um, yes, I'm a college student right now. I've had, I've been diagnosed with celiacs for about eight or nine years now. So it's been like a very long journey. Um, and yeah, I'm really excited to just like talk about it and like get, give my personal perspective on it. Yeah, I think it would be great for our listeners to learn more about the disease and your journey and your perspective. Um, could you share a bit about how you found out that you had this diagnosis in the first place? Yeah, of course. So my whole life, basically, since I was really young, I had a lot of stomach problems. Just generally, my stomach hurt pretty much all the time. And for most of my childhood, it kind of got brushed off as just like, you know, a little kid. My stomach hurts all the time, don't want to go to school, leaving class to go to the nurse's office, things like that. Um, and then as I got older, um, my doctor started to be like, okay, well, if you really believe something's wrong, let's figure it out. And one of the first things they did was they did a blood test for celiacs and came back um, two out of three positives. So then I got a procedure done to confirm and then it was an official diagnosis. And I have been strict about my diet and health ever since then. That must have been such a difficult transition and so disruptive in your early childhood to doing normal things and being part of the school life and such. Um, and even now, how um, how long after your initial visit to the doctor did you kind of um, realize you had the disease and then did, were you treated at the time or was it something that you uh, later figured out what treatment worked for you? Yeah, so it, the whole process of getting my like official diagnosis for my doctor took about a couple months. And then after that, um, my general practitioner basically was like, you need to follow a gluten-free diet as soon as possible and get blood tested a couple times a year to make sure that everything else health-wise was good and that my immune system was up because it is an autoimmune disease. Um, but the hardest part was finding a gastroenterologist that specialized in celiacs because when I had this diagnosis, being gluten-free was not as like relevant as it is now. Like more and more people are gluten intolerant, have an allergy, have celiacs. Um, so it took a couple of years to find a good gastroenterologist that took my personal concerns seriously that was willing to provide me with a nutritionist um, who was great and was constantly up to date on finding out what new things might have had gluten in them or what is a byproduct of gluten. 
things like that. And it was a very um, frustrating transition because you have to give up a lot of things you love and, you know, health wise, it could be a little bit inconvenient. Um, school, like, you know, they don't, they didn't yeah. really have gluten free foods and stuff like that. So that was the most frustrating part. Yeah, I feel like that sounds nowadays, I feel like it's more accepted or at least recognized of gluten free meals and like options when you go to restaurants. But I don't remember, you know, 10 years ago or something like that, where it was like widely known. So that must have been so challenging. And um, you said you mentioned um, that the you kind of figured out uh, how to choose your physician. What was that process like? And in terms of the possible treatments and plans that they put you on, how did you how did you decide, I guess, which one to go with? So initially I had a gastroenterologist who did not necessarily specialize in celiacs, but she was familiar with it and understood that like the main priority was the diet. Um, and the reason why I ha did not stay with her is because, you know, I needed someone who really, really understood this specific illness. It was strange to me at the time, and I didn't really understand why there weren't a lot of doctors or gastroenterologists who specialize in this. I understand now it was just, it really, it was a thing, like people had celiacs, but I think people my age and like younger and now older people are finding out more. And I think, you know, it could be the technology, it could be a generational thing. Um, but I decided to try another doctor. I ended up going to Stony Brook Pediatrics. And there was one doctor there who at the time specialized in celiacs. Eventually wow. there was a second one. And I see both of them now. I continue to go to the, to the pediatric office over there. Um, but they have been really great. And I always stayed with them because they... I, they made me come in twice a year. They constantly were wanting me to get my blood taken and tested. They gave me a nutritionist, things like that. That made me, it made me feel a lot more comfortable and I trusted them a lot more because they did at least seem like they really knew what they were talking about. No, that's great to hear. And it's great to hear that you had that support from your healthcare team when you were, you know, figuring out like, you know, adapting to this new disease and also, figuring out what types of foods you could eat and such. Um, what, could you share a bit about uh, how people, like your friends responded when you first shared this journey with them and um, how did you navigate that? Yeah, so it was at the time I was young, I was in seventh or eighth grade and that time is pretty awkward as it is. So it was like, it was a little uncomfortable, especially because it was a digestive issue. And, you know, people don't like to talk about that kind of stuff. So it was like, a, I was a little embarrassed, especially because um, it was harder to do things with my friends. Cause like when you're young, like a lot of what we would do is like go out and get like pizza. And I'm like, okay, well I can't have pizza. And like, it was awkward to go to friends' houses for dinner. I said no a lot to that. I said, know when I had to go to like birthday parties because I couldn't have like the food or the dessert and I definitely got into my own head a lot when it came to my friends they were they didn't bully me they didn't give me a hard time but it was obvious that like they didn't understand especially because it, 
I barely understood it. I was like 13 years old, um, but it definitely distanced me a little. And I like didn't say yes as lot as much as I was used to. And it just it was just kind of uncomfortable because I didn't want anyone to have to like go out of their way or try to understand something that seemed complicated at the time. But now my friends, they don't care. They are totally fine with it. When I go to my friends' houses, their parents, if they cook, are always more than willing to ask me as many questions as they want about what works for me. I have met throughout my life now more and more people that I'm friends with that have gluten allergies or are gluten um, sensitive or prefer to have a gluten-free diet, which has been really helpful to at least have one person around that's eating the same thing as me. Or when we go out to restaurants, I don't feel like weird asking with them, things like yeah, that. Yeah, definitely. It kind of reminds me of like how important it is to have a support system when you're going through these more challenging, you know, either like health diagnosis or life events. Um, do you, what do you think was the best thing that uh, you did to like help you recover, like help you recover and also help you, I guess, you know, manage these types of stresses that would come up from having to interact with um, people that maybe didn't understand or that were having trouble like adapting to your dietary restrictions and such? Mm -hmm. So the physically to help me like heal and kind of go with it, I from the get-go was extremely strict with my diet. I didn't like play around and I was like, okay, I can have something every now and mm -hmm. then because I had so much built up anxiety from like not feeling well all the time and saying no to doing things that I was like, I want to be able to do things. So that was my first thing. And then when it came to my friends or my family, it definitely took time, but it came down to like being confident and just like telling people what my needs were. Um, it's hard sometimes to be like, I need this, especially mm -hmm. because like, for example, I have celiac. So like when it comes to cooking food for me, you have to be really careful. Things can't touch. It's crazy. Like things can't touch each other. I can't mm -hmm. like, I can't use the same utensils, things like that. And like, it took me a while to be like, okay, stop. I see that you're doing that and that I can't do that. That's not right. going to work for me. Or like with my family, it was very hard for them to remember all the rules and all the things I can eat and what's changing. And like for, to them also being like assertive, even though like it was my family and my parents, I want to be like, yeah. I'm sorry. And I know this is hard for you, but this is also hard for me. And I just, I want this to be easier. So a big part of the healing process and coping with all that anxiety was just kind of putting my foot down every now and then and being like, I'm sorry, I can't just keep letting this go. I have to right. say something. Like yeah. making sure people recognize like, you know, you can't eat this because it's going to make you feel bad and physically like it's not helping you. So I think that's so, it's really incredible to hear that you were able to grow through the experience and, you know, tell the people around you that are there to like help you, you know, this is not like, you can't use these utensils and it can't be contaminated with like, you know, non-gluten-free foods. Um, yeah. Do you think in this journey, 
do you feel like there was anything lacking in your treatment from your providers or do you feel like they did a great job of managing your disease and the recovery? Um, I think for the most part, I'm really happy with the treatment I've received and like the support I've gotten from my doctors, especially like how I've mentioned the fact that they team up with a nutritionist who is like constantly doing research on this exact diet and being like, mm -hmm. okay, um, you can't have this anymore because they just found out that there's gluten in this, things like that. The only thing that I do wish was um, that there was more options. Um, like I said, I am happy with who I'm seeing now, but um, that's because of where I live. Like I live near Stony Brook Hospital in New York, which is a great hospital. Um, but you know, that's not the case everywhere. I'm sure if I was living in a more rural area, I wouldn't have as many options. Um, I also do wish that there was more, more treatment options out there other than just you have to follow this diet and that's all you can really do for yourself because it puts all of the weight on you yeah, and also sense. like a gluten-free diet in and of itself is um, kind of a privilege that gluten-free food if you is pretty expensive and um, yeah. I do wish that there was something more to that whether it be supplements you can take or like a medication something like that speaking of supplements do you have to it just occurred to me do you have to take like vitamins and you know supplements to your diet to make sure you have all the vitamins and all the things you need um so personally i i do take some vitamins um most of them are not because i have celiacs because i do have a I'm very strict about my diet being gluten-free, but I also am very health conscious, which is so important when you have an autoimmune disease. Um, if I was not as good about my diet, like a lot of fresh foods, if I was eating all like gluten-free versions of foods that are processed and frozen, which a lot of them are, I'm sure like my blood work would come up that I need to be taking a lot more supplements. Um, the only thing is that when I get sick, I do try to take more and more vitamins because I know that if my immune system is low, it's going to be like a little bit lower than the average person. Um, but I'm sure people who, there are probably people who do, do not have as good of a immune system. I'm very lucky that just like my genetic makeup, I am a very healthy person, but um, yeah, I don't, I don't have to right now take anything because I have celiacs, which has been really great. That's really good to hear. How has your experience shaped the way you view research and treatment um, and like our general healthcare system? Um, I definitely wish that some, some, of the, some of the wheels didn't have to turn as slow and things like celiacs, like it's, only now that it's very normal to have like issues with things like gluten or more and more people are becoming lactose intolerant. And the only thing that stinks a little bit within like healthcare and like research is that it takes 
masses for things to start moving along. Like when I first was diagnosed, like celiacs was very like being gluten-free was very niche. And I feel like it wasn't taken as seriously because it wasn't, well, it could be life-threatening if you don't treat yourself. Like there's a lot of like really bad effects if you don't follow the diet and take your supplements and things like that. But I wish that, you know, it, it didn't have to take so long for some things yeah. to be taken seriously. And for, for when I was in seventh grade, like why were there, why was there two doctors in within a 25 mile radius of me that specialized in this, things like that were a little frustrating so still are. More individuals with expertise, knowledge, yeah. and also just more advances, I guess, in mm -hmm. medicine that's like translated into care for the patient. Yes. So, okay, that makes sense. Um, do you, like, I guess if you were going back to the seventh grade, like, is there advice that you would share with yourself after getting diagnosed, um, whether that be medically related or like personally related? I think um, medically related, I would definitely tell myself or someone my age at the time to not be scared and not be ignorant. Um, it's hard when you're young, like to listen. I don't know if it's just me, but when I listen to doctors, it could be like intimidating or like you just want to hear what you want to hear. Um, I'm sure there's other young children who have food allergies or have autoimmune diseases like me that don't want to take it seriously because you might miss out on things like going to get pizza with your friends. Um, and that kind of ties into like an emotional, um, like a piece of advice that I would give myself would be like to not be afraid to like address the elephant in the room. Like this is something that is not, it's not a personal choice. I mean, even if it was, I should take it seriously, but it's like my health and like yeah. nothing can really come before that. And I shouldn't feel embarrassed to express what's going to work for me because that's like, it's my whole life. Like that's just me. I think that's great advice for our listeners who might be going through the same set of symptoms or, you know, pre-diagnosis or even post-diagnosis. Um, I guess, have you ever participated in any sort of clinical research or clinical trials? And is that something that you would consider in the future maybe? Um, I haven't. Um, I've heard of celiac specific like medications that have gone on trial like things like 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 the gluten pill it's supposed to be like lactate like you would take it with your food I haven't done those but I would be I would I think I would be interested in trying them they sound a little intimidating because if it doesn't work that would like really stink for me but I think it's important for someone like me who I I have celiacs, but I'm also very healthy and I take care of myself. So I feel like I should be the kind of person to like take the initiative to like participate in something like that. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's part of what we're trying to do at Orange Grove. We really want to help advance therapies for autoimmune diseases to market. And part of that process involves clinical trials. And, you know, our hope is that more of these 
medicines will really reach patients and help them. Mm -hmm. Are there any other things you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, I think the only thing that I definitely want to say is just like check in with people in your life that maybe do have like an autoimmune disease because there's a physical like challenge to it, but there's also like a mental challenge to it because a lot of autoimmune diseases and like gastrointestinal diseases are kind of invisible on the outside, but can be like weighing down on you a lot from the inside and like things like that. People feel really like how I said, like I used to feel really embarrassed about it. Um, so I guess just like taking those kinds of things seriously, people who are on specialized diet, it's not like a niche thing. It's not for like, like the aesthetic, like sometimes yeah. people around you who are doing that, it's because that's, you have to do it. Like, I know some people think like being gluten-free is like the new thing. It's like a trend, but I'm like, right. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to do it. Yeah. Right. I can't imagine how you feel because, you know, some people are just like doing it for a trend and that's all. Mm -hmm. right. Yeah. I think yeah. it must be really hard to, to also be able to, to say, like educate these people that, you know, this is a serious illness and like there are people that are struggling with having rest to restrict their diets for a disease purpose, I guess. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you everyone for listening in to Emily and I on From Patient Eyes and we hope you join us for our next episode. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of From the Patient's Eyes. We would also like to thank our guests again for their willingness to be open and vulnerable in their experiences. We hope you enjoyed this episode and that you will join us for the next one.